relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people and places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. It's just going to get better every time. I'm just, I'm never going to get used to how good it is. And every time, man, it just, I love it. Michael, how are you? Hey, hey, buddy, how we doing? I'm good, man. I'm, uh, I'm hanging in there. It's weird times. Right? Oh, it's super weird times. I don't think we should, I mean, because we want these to be as timeless as possible, but we'll just leave it at that. That it's well, I mean, it is kind of cool that I'm growing legal weed and taking that money and funneling it to get Black Lives Matter protesters out of jail, so that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, I think that gave away the time frame, but yes, I mean, hope <laughs> hopefully it gave away the time frame, if you know what I mean. Hopefully, hopefully that gave away the time frame, <laughs> but that is fucking awesome. Um, what do you, what else are you doing this week? What are you growing? Anything new? What's the process? Oh, all the fun stuff. So my favorite thing and literally everything that makes me feel good as the grown up version of a 15 year old stoner is growing weed that's named after rappers. Okay. And we're currently growing the guru. Uh, shout out to Guru, R.I.P. Um, it is Forbidden Fruit times Petrol OG, which is just, it's insanely nice. It has this nice little fruity smell to it, and then it also has, you know, that diesel-y kind of fuel smell to it also. Ah. Who, I mean, I gotta, I'm a, I like hip-hop, like, I love I love rap music, I'll be honest. I don't know who Guru is, and I'm sorry. I'm going ahead and apologize. You don't know how Guru is? <laughs> uh, no, that's all right. I mean, uh, most people know him for his rap group, along with a DJ that was just on the Run the Jewels album that just premiered also. So DJ Premier, his original group Gangstar, Oh, okay. Okay. Now I understand. Okay. So we go deep with it. Well, you went a little East Coast, like hardcore East Coast with it. So, is there any other hip hop? I yeah, there is. We this is a totally different podcast, and we can get into that <laughs> later. But, but I I had a feeling like once I was like, oh, this is gonna be some deep East Coast shit that I don't give a shit about. <laughs> Everybody, go out listen to Gangstar. That's what you want, okay? It's some good old school East Coast hip hop. I'm gonna listen to it. It's great. And that new Run the Jewels, that's what I ran to today. It's so good. Uh, If we're just for blowing the timeline, Um, it's amazing. (laughs) It is good. It's great to run to. And that new Freddie Gibbs is great to run to, too. If I'm just giving shout outs, it's so good. It's a good time for music because it's a terrible time for people. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> it is. That's I, I hate that that's how it works, but it is how it works. Um, I've got, you know, it's it's outdoor 
time and I do some outdoor projects every year and I'm in that point where I'm like is it a male or is it a female and I'm about to move them to my satellite grow locations I don't keep them at my house because I got little kids running around um but I'm about to move them because they're about to get noticeable but what when's the earliest I can tell if they're male or female. And explain. Uh, we should explain this is the, like a very simple thing that most people don't understand. Because I didn't understand. Like even the first plant I grew, like if it would have been a male, I would have just grown it and not known and been like, well, this is hard to do. But I got a female just by chance. But then the second time I grew, like I got some males and that's when you're like, you got to get, get them out of there. Get them out. <laughs> Only get them out if you don't want to have fun. I mean, honestly, that's where it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a huge fan of the males. I mean, in personal life and in the cannabis life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> just honestly, uh, when you're starting to grow cannabis, you know, of course you want the females because you want those beautiful, lovely flowers and those colas uh, so that you can dry it all up and smoke it later. Yeah. But learning about the biology of it you know of course there's going to be males and females you can usually tell the males by in the internodal spacing which is the area in which the branches come out of the stem of the plant where they uh, split go... it, yes where the internodal blah, blah. that's where the branches split it's the little v yes Okay. Uh, in, in the crevice of that, once you get into flowering, you will either see huevos, which ultimately just look like balls dropping out of that crevice, or you will see fine little white hairs that start coming out from there. And that's how you can tell very early on whether or not it's male or female. Which is the white hairs. That's the females, right? The white hairs is usually the females just popping out. But you called so you called the males eggs. Huevos, yeah, balls. You know, that's not ball. Out. That's not balls in Spanish. Huevos. I know. I don't know how to speak. Pelotas. That's pelotas. Well. Okay. Well, then that's confusing because what <laughs> you say it. I have to address this because you what you you said they were huevos. And I knew you meant balls, and I was like, that means eggs. That means eggs in Spanish, and that is very confusing. It's the same shape, though, right? It's, is that what oh, that is? No one calls your nutsack eggs, Mike. No one. <laughs> and if you if they Man, do, you if they do, you, you kick them out of your home. And you go, like, you get out of here. Like, put them. So, but I, I, <laughs> I understand. Okay, our, so they do look boy, like balls. Our boy. Yes, one of our friends who worked with us, he was a man from Mexico, and he would call them huevos. But yes, so they look like balls when they come out, and uh, they will eventually open up. And then once they open up and turn into flowers, that's when they start spreading the pollen, which is where you are going to be fucked if you have girls in the room. Yep. What happens to both of them after that? Let's say they both get fucked. What could you just what happened? What would you, what would I what should I do if that happened in my outdoor? Uh, just so if 
you're trying to actually make seeds happen inside of your females. What you're gonna end up doing is just trying to grow them as healthy and happy as possible. If you look at the old school Jamaican dudes, they would literally take the male plants and just shake them around so that, you know, a nice flow of <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, pollen would go around. Uh, the old school hippie way is they would actually get paintbrushes out and get the pollen onto the paintbrushes and then go around and paint uh, buds. Uh, some guys, they would have one type of flower, you know, say it's like your Girl Scout cookie flower that you're growing. They would have a male of like a diesel and a male of maybe a pineapple and they would get pollen and they would actually paint the pollen onto the bud from two different males at different sides so that off of one bud you could have multiple different siblings coming off of it. It's hard to keep track with it and it's not really the most scientific approach when you're going to it. But I like the shaking. I like the Jamaican way. That sounds like a, the Just, most fun way. But so, I mean, the Jamaicans are very hands-on. Even when you're making hash, how they would originally make hash is they would just go don't and no no take don't the, ruin it don't we'll go there and let them show us. I'm about that. Okay, and you've really jumped ahead and leaped ahead from explaining <laughs> male and female to being like, hey, do you know how Jamaican dudes make hash? And people are like, okay, I don't. You got to calm down. I just get excited. And <laughs> I know, and this is my job to be like, hey, hey, Rain Man, calm down. So one of the things, too, we do at work is me and the guys at work will uh, take little side bets on seeing who can pick out males and females before they actually show sex. Who wins? We all do if we don't fuck. Oh, up, so, so it's just it's everyone's just fucking guessing. So there's no that's when everyone's winning, no one's like good at it. It's not a thing. We're just like ah. Well, I mean, am I gonna roll a one or a two? <laughs> For me, it's pretty easy. I think. I mean, with a lot of males, you'll see a lot more vigorous growth early on, and they'll usually grow a lot taller. And uh, that's usually the males in my book. Gotcha. Oh, uh-oh. That's not good. Well, so, if... <laughs> Billy's like, shit, most of these plants yeah, are tall. Yeah, sucks. <laughs> I was like, oh, some well, of these are good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the old school things. That's what usually you have to warn people about when they're doing their outdoor plants here in Oregon. You only get four plants, so people will pop a bunch of seeds for their first round. And they'll be like, oh, these are the strongest ones. They're growing the fastest and the biggest. So they'll kill off the other ones and take those ones and put it outside. And then once they hit, you know, early August, they're like, shit, I got a bunch of males. Yeah. So if I grow, <laughs> I can just get a bunch of seeds? Yeah. Hmm. It's really that simple. I might do that. Too. Like it, I mean, and it's fun. You get to make something. You get to name it your whatever you want to. Also, but that's kind of the problem right now. Is there's literally so many. As much as there's people running to go and become growers and running to go and do different things in this industry, there are a bunch of people running to become breeders. 
and running to pr produce seeds because with seeds it's actually very cheap to produce tons of seeds yeah off of one cola you can get several hundred seeds off of that and people are selling seed packs of 10 for a hundred dollars so you make crazy amounts of money oh shit yeah and the cola's the big old dick in the middle right well, if you're training your plants correctly, it should be a bunch of big old dicks off of one plant. Okay. Shit, I don't know. <laughs> but yes, if you grow it naturally, <laughs> it's just the tops of the plant. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, Speaking of cola and getting all the... The guy we talked to this week, Wisco, and he's our first just uh code namer for lack of a better term code name is that what you guys yeah. in the industry call it is it like your avatar or screen name <laughs> uh mostly a nickname or uh hey that's that's my work name work name i knew it would okay that's a good way to put it more than like call sign or like that's maverick and be like no that's <laughs> that guy's not maverick well, for a while, my name was Carmichael, so it is interesting. Like, I'll be with a friend, and I'll walk through Eugene. But that's like, your name, uh, Mike. Car, I know, but, like, it's got a car at the front, so, like, it seems cool, and it's different. Oh, man, but we got to see. It's with a K. Holy shit. Then, so, like, we've got that's, to. that's why it's different. No, you've made the right choice going legal. It was just a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> but when i go through town here in eugene with my homies uh people come up to me and call me three different names in the span of a night so i've had friends just be like what the hell's going on and it's like huh. oh that's nice though i kind of know that too like what part of what part of your life they're from that's a good exactly Cause you go to college and people start calling you a different name. You're like, I guess that's what we're doing now. That's that's who I am now. And then if somebody from like high school comes to college and they call you like, and then they're like, "What are you doing?" You're like, "I, it's one of my names. I don't know. I didn't do it. <laughs> that's just who I am now. It's I'm but still yeah, the same it's... person. They just scream different syllables at me. It's fine. We'll <laughs> all be okay. <laughs> it's fine." But yeah, this is the the Wisco Kid. We'll call him the Wisco Kid. That's what he was in my phone for the first part of the many years that I've known him. And uh, he's a wonderful dude. Probably one of the better growers here in town. Um, makes some really nice, clean product. Wonderful things. I can attest to um, that. He that strain of head for his headband that headband he grows is it the way it hits me is very nice and i have to, i give him all the credit where that is due because the way it my body is like hey that it's also great too because it like it kind of it's a it's real stony so you don't talk much and wisco talks a lot so it's a good combination yeah He's he's a, a wealth of knowledge, and just any time that you open yourself up to it, it's just here comes the fucking knowledge. Here comes the information. Like he he's yeah, along he, one of the lines of my favorite growers used to be chefs in their previous lives, 
That's right. So he, like, yeah, he was. That's that's a good. And he's so analytical. Period. Mm-hmm. Like his brain is. Where you're almost like, oh man, that seems rough sometimes. Probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where I mean, it's definitely. I'll I'll wake up to text messages from him uh, in the morning. It's like, oh, at midnight, he sent you all this information about different breeding projects, different ways that plants uptake nutrients. And it's just like, oh, you're just, your your brain's always going about whatever you're working with. And it's it's pretty cool. It is cool. My brain shuts off a lot. Yeah, Mike, sometimes mine's like shuts off regularly. Mine's just like kickstarting my brain. That's what we're doing. About half the day, we're like, we're like, all right, can someone push it, and I'll kick it in gear. <laughs> but Whisket, it is a great conversation. Like he's just so knowledgeable and opinionated, which is just a great combination if you're doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> which is like it was fun because you were like, so, you know, some people were just kind of quiet, so you're just like, because the business needs to be quiet, so you're just kind of like, okay, we're gonna have to really. We'll make some comfortable, and we'll get some. And then Wisco's just like, "Here, I'll talk." And you're like, "Okay, here we go." And he knows so. I mean, where he started is interesting because you don't think of Wisconsin when you think of marijuana. No. Like that's well, and, and he's so good at growing it too. So you're just like, oh. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole thing is so like I met him through friends of friends while I was managing a grow shop. And at grow shops back in the day, they were kind of like record stores where you would have people who just, you know, loved what you were selling and would come in and just sit there and talk to you about the most obscure products, the most obscure techniques and different things that you're learning. And he would literally just hang out for like two, three hours while his kids were in (laughs) school and just talk about growing the entire time. You know, if I had to load soil up into a customer's car, he would come out and help. I was like, man, you're about to get a job here if you're not careful. And he's like, I'm not working at a grow shop. (laughs) You are. You are working at a grow shop. (laughs) Also, can I just point out that, uh, that you comparing a grow shop to a record store and the type of people is just the most beautiful, romantic way to say nerd I've ever heard. Because um, <laughs> it's it's so accurate, but it's also like, yes, and those people are exhausting in both those places, but I love I love them and they're necessary. But it is, to, like, I think my job in this interview is just to be like, just kind of slow it down. Where, like, I was a speed bump in, like, a neighborhood. That's my job in this interview. It's just to be like, to let you two assholes and Camaros just be like, cool it. People need to understand what you're talking about. Well, it was funny. You know, a lot of times he would just be in the grow shop and we'd be talking. And then a more newbie customer comes in who doesn't have a lot of knowledge. And, you know, the newer customer would be like, oh, so what do I need to start like a little grow? And then, pa 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 pa, and the, you could just see the new customer's eyes just water up, being like, "I'm way over my head here. <laughs> I just want to get high." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, what kind of high do you want to get? Do you want to get like a sleepy high? You're getting stony, or is like, do you, do you have like a like, do you have any like muscle aches? Like that's <laughs> for base. You're like, I don't know if I do." He uh, just said his name. Oh, damn it. 
Lee's gonna have to edit that out. That's fine. You would have never made it in drug dealing, I don't think. No, that's why I'm a broadcaster. I... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you're right. No, I would have been terrible at being a criminal. Like, that's why I'm a comedian, because like I get to say whatever the fuck I want. And that gets me paid instead. It mostly got me fired most of my life, and then I found comedy. <laughs> And they was like, they were like, "Hey, you're good at what saying that stuff." And I was like, "You guys don't care, because most people care." They're like, "No." <laughs> so that's. Let's just get. It's a great interview. Let's just get into it. And you guys enjoy our. You know what? I almost did it again. Enjoy. The Wisco Kit. So, just to start off with, where are you from? Originally, Wisconsin. Originally. Back what, in the Midwest. What's Wisconsin weed like? Better than people would think. Really? Yeah. Sorry. No? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a farming community. A lot of people uh, understand that seeds grow things there. So, um, it's not, not uh, out of the ordinary to find homegrown good cannabis there it's usually outdoor not a lot of indoor there not a lot but, of indoor uh, going on what's the outdoor process like out there what's the weather like for the season the seasons there it's a great growing season it uh everything's gorilla style out there so it's not like out in the legal states where you're running hoses to water um <laughs> you know you're kind of carrying water into the uh woods where you you're kind of in a remote area and uh you, still it's a lot like of work that? absolutely yeah yeah there's still no medical or legal recreational in wisconsin it's it's one of the few that that is absent any sort of protection for cannabis consumers but there's still growers there just being like sure i love that absolutely fuck it i mean there's still people moonshining in the south too yeah, you know, it's the kind of thing where. To, yeah, you're exactly right. No, <laughs> Some of mine too. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was just, I just pictured a steel I saw seven months ago. That's yeah, you're exactly right. Where it's a type of human that enjoys a type of, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Do you have any knowledge of the carrying water and the gorilla style farming that you're talking about? I might. <laughs> <laughs> As long as it's seven years ago, we're good to right? go. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Gosh, it was way more ago. than seven years ago because I've been out here for seven years. Then but we're yeah, good to go. perfect. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, God, I started growing out there when I was like 17. So, yeah, long time ago. Um, it was always hard work. It was like walking in the dark uh, to hope that no one saw you at a plot that was remote. And yeah. it was a lot of work. I ate a lot of cobwebs to the face. That wasn't fun. <laughs> It yeah. took some getting used to, you know, just that reaction of, and you can't go fuck. Um, <laughs> cause yeah. you're, take cause you're trying to be like incognito. You got to um, literally just take it on the chin. Yeah, you really do. Um, but no, a lot of good times, fun. It was fun work. I didn't mind doing it. And there was a great reward at the end of it. So it was worth it. 
Then, always? Did you always get the reward? Yeah, but just like outdoor farming anywhere, you know, some years or seasons were better than others between how the rains come, whether they come early or late. Or in Wisconsin, we worry about frosts and freezes happening yeah. earlier in the season than later. Um, you know, out here, people grow strains that can finish at the end of October. In Wisconsin, you kind of need to be done by the first week of October at the yes. latest. Yeah. Or, uh, I mean, I've had crops or parts of crops, plants killed and ruined from things like that. Um, so yeah, no, it's uh were great you, fall it, though. Drier fall. So were you good. growing for, I know for your own consumption, but were you also like selling it too? Well, yeah, yeah. it was always for me first. I was always like the first, how I much? I think that's the I, question I'm asking. I'm always curious, like how like super talented growers I meet, mm -hmm. like, and it's, you would think that they were like, well, I just like the plant. But some of them are very honest about it that are amazing growers. Are like, no, I just want to make a bunch of money. Yeah, no, that was never, no, that was never like a top priority. I mean, I probably, I gave quite, I, I love giving it away. I'll just yes. give it away to people with friends. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The best growers usually are like so, that. But I understand. I mean, there is something about like, look what I did. <laughs> like, even when I did, I was like, smoke this. And someone's like, there's mold in it. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was always wanting to be able to smoke good cannabis. I was able to grow better than I was able to buy, and I had a place to do it, and I was motivated. So, yeah, and uh, it's fun. I'd, give, I'd keep some to give. Well, at first, you know, I mean, the first few seasons sucked. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know the difference between male and female plants. There wasn't literature. There wasn't anybody to learn from. It was just kind of the school of hard knocks. So yeah, Before the internet? Um... Yeah, the internet was new, like when not everybody had a computer in no, their home. No, I understand what you're <laughs> like. When even, it was still like, but like I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess there were forums, but like we were so paranoid even back then that I don't think I would have gone to them because it would have been like someone's tracking that I'm going to this site and they're gonna raid my house. <laughs> like it was, this was the '90s, yeah. so yeah, it was. And like you know, you go to prison. I have friends that went to prison. Um, in Wisconsin? Yeah. I have a friend that spent, I mean, God, I have a friend that spent 15 months in for getting uh, caught with one pound. Uh, yeah. Right? I just imagine Wisconsin jail is so cold. I don't know. I never, I fortunately never was in one, but <laughs> they probably are in seasonally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're just like, it's cold there. So then what, where, where'd you get the idea to just, I'm going to go out to the woods and plant some cannabis? Where'd you get the seeds? How'd you even know about it? Also, it's not playing with the microphone. Sorry. No worries. Sorry. No, you're okay. I fidget. That's we okay. all fidget. <laughs> um, I, I, I just it just seemed like a natural thing to do. Like my family had a farm. Has had a farm since 1901. I wasn't like an active farmer there, but it was like the family farms. So we had a big bunch of space, and. Uh, I was just like, fuck it. Well, like back then, a lot of weed came with seeds. <laughs> a lot of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, it did. So I just popped some seeds that first year to just try to do something, just did a few plants. Um, and that didn't go very well. <laughs> what happened? Well, just everything got seeded out. I was just like, so that's that. And that's it. By the middle of it, you're kind of like, okay, so that looks more like a, what I've been buying than like <laughs> that does. But I didn't know it was like going to ruin it or anything. So it just, I made a whole bunch of seeds. But it was learning. 
it was learning. I didn't even associate the whole like male and female thing of plants. Like I just, I was 17. I, I didn't yeah. think that way. No, you know, yeah. it was just like, I don't know. So I'll try to do this again next year. Well, I don't think most people understand how you get the buds to bud. I figured out how to pick out male plants and I didn't even know it was a fucking male plant. I was just like, I don't want those. Those are the ones I think I want. <laughs> yeah. And then everything was seemed fine. So I was like, okay. And then like a couple of years later, I learned, oh, they're female. Like, yeah. Oh, that's what that was. Oh. How dumb of me to not think that there way. But yeah, I just there were books to really. No. I mean, it just it's, it's so devil, it was, was so different. Lettuce. This was twenty years ago. So it, you know, maybe out here um, in Oregon or maybe California at, at that time, there was there was a little bit more communication going on. But um, anyway, that's from a state that's not doesn't have legal cannabis is just like, no, you didn't talk to anybody about what you did. Yeah. As far as they knew the weed I was selling them or give you know, was like, they didn't even know I was growing it. Yeah. Unless, and then casually you get a couple friends where you're just like, all right, where'd you get that? <laughs> He's just like, well, you know, and, uh, her friend's older brother, some friends came back from, um, uh, one went to BC, the other went to Europe, out to Amsterdam. They all came back with seeds from the clubs out there, and that's when things kind of changed. Was oh, clones we got, you know, like yeah, it's my brother up in Minnesota that grew these seeds and picked out these really awesome ones, and yeah, I'll just give us plants that'll be good. Like you can do that. Ah, uh, like I didn't know you could do that. Like that's cool. No idea what a clone was. <laughs> um, so yeah, I went drove up to Minnesota and picked them up, and how fun was that? Oh, it was fun. God, that was exciting. I was yeah. probably I was probably eighteen then. I was I was about eighteen, maybe nineteen. Getting illegal plants. <laughs> oh, fuck, you know, yeah. yeah. Putting them in a cooler and just like you yeah. know, like, just white knuckle oh. driving the whole way. It was I don't know what it was, five hour drive or something, four four hour drive just maybe. Terrified the whole time. But well, also like, it was pretty fun. <laughs> but it was pretty fun. Oh yeah, yeah, by the time we got to the road, like that we were like safe on we were we were good and that was great yeah <laughs> we did it <laughs> and uh yeah so that was yeah that was probably year three and uh from then on i was hooked it was just like okay so yeah. like once you grow some good plants it's just like once you cook some good food you want to do it again yeah you know mm-hmm. you're like okay i figured uh, something I out here i can this. do that and uh yeah so then from then on it was just kind of a progression of growing and then it just turned into like i want to do a little more more so because i wanted to have more varieties i wanted to have different strains Mm -hmm. for myself to smoke but like then the plants were getting so big that it was just more than i could smoke so at that (laughs) point it was just like well i might as well swing a little to my friends they should have good weed to smoke too i just wanted other people to have good weed to smoke too like don't don't buy that shit here I got my cousin. Can my cousin? I always everybody's got a cousin, right? Yes. That's their hookup. <laughs> yes. I, you just get it from my get yes. it from my. <laughs> sometimes actually, but yeah. Um, so it was always just my cousin. I was getting it from or my his cousin. Dad, you know, you, your cousin's dad. You're like, you mean your uncle? I didn't want to say that. <laughs> yeah. So then you were doing that out in Wisconsin for a while. Uh, what were you doing at the time as far as a straight job? I was cooking. I was a chef. Wow. How does, how do, how do those two lives intersect? How does that go? What's the similarities between growing weed and being a chef? Um, you know, what's the differences? I think I didn't, well, after I got out here and started doing it on large scale, I think I noticed the similarities more than anything at the time. 
because it was I was doing just a few or or you know a dozen back there. Um, once you start doing like like buildings full, the the level of organization required for that is is you have to be kind on your shit or well, just call it things an fall apart for a reason. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so yeah, no, the organization needed in the kitchen. Um, just the ability to prioritize things and put them in order and in their place and in the kitchen, they call that mise en place. Um, so, you know, just applying those principles, um, help transition and make things a lot easier. Um, as anybody who's ever scaled and gone from doing something at like a hobby level to doing something at, at a commercial level, um, it's it's like exponentially greater it's like to the power every time you double the size you're used to it's not like you double the space and it's twice as hard now it's like 10 times as hard um (laughs) especially with indoor cannabis because you're working on environmental control as much as anything you're just like we're growing plants but our primary thing is like we're creating proper environments that like plants can thrive and grow in so we're almost like environmental specialists as much as we are little um, biospheres yeah yeah that's why when I realized once I started working on BPD and different environmental things, it's like, oh, we're really fucking stuff up with climate change right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think people understand how hard it is to get it back into a nice even flow of everything where it's like, it's really difficult. It took millions of years to guess where we're at now. We're just like, fuck it. And in about 60 years, we were like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So you said that you were in Wisconsin as a chef, you know, growing, and then you ended up out here. What did that look like? What was that move like for you? Um, at the time, it was exciting. So you came, <laughs> so you came out here. No. You left your chef job in Wisconsin. Did you have a family? I do. I did. And I still do. Okay, good. That's, the way to, that's usually the way to do it. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, it. after my kids, I'm gonna get a drink here real quick. Yeah, don't worry about. Uh, after my kids came along, it just became I, my crops were progressively smaller and smaller, um, yeah. because at that point I, I didn't want to risk getting in trouble um, for, for my plants. kids for plants for, for plants. a plant. Yeah. Um, so I was mostly just growing for myself and like giving some to friends and, and stuff those last couple of years there. And then I just realized like you kind of have, um, it's a choice to stay someplace that makes your lifestyle illegal or, you know, you recognize that there are places where your lifestyle is perfectly normal and fine. And Oregon was one of those places. Um, so we chose to come out here and I was just kind of sick of, the lifestyle that you end up with in the restaurant industry is great. Like BC, like before children, yes. after kids, it's, it's not the best environment for most successful families. There's just, no. there's, it's a, it's an abnormal lifestyle. It's the service industry in general, you know, it's nights, weekends and holidays. And, uh, so you're not there for quite a bit when you're in that industry. And I just kind of wanted to be there for some of those things I wasn't able to. So, we just decided to make a choice and I saw flowers, cannabis that was coming back from places like here. Um, it's not like it wasn't, you know, the herb getting sold was coming from somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so I had a pretty good idea that, that I could grow cannabis that was going to be, I I felt like mine was better than most of it, but, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, you might have a, I might have had a bias in that. 
But, you know, I was just foolish enough at the time to think I'd come out here and be like, I think I can just grow. And there was what people were doing. I, I guess it wasn't abuse of the medical system, but it's just, I don't know. I still don't understand how this is any different than a farm stand with somebody selling tomatoes from mm-hmm. their garden that they had excess or eggs on the side. It's just, it's just a plant. I mean, um, it legitimately is exactly like that, except other people are like, no, it's not. I ex- Yeah, isn't that well, the craziest thing about it? It's been illegal for 70 years. And then all of a sudden, tomatoes, you can make a lot of money selling tomatoes. I had a friend who lived on Costa Rica and he used to hydroponically grow tomatoes because they were so expensive to get shipped to the island. Mm uh-huh. Where he just blasted it out and grew a shit ton of tomatoes and was selling them. Huh. See? That's exactly. And people were probably like, no, can't do that. Because <laughs> they were like, I want to do that. That's why. Right? They're like, no. Exactly. Most of the time with that shit. Or, hey, you can't do that because I'm secretly doing that, making a bunch of money. Yep. So then when you came out here, you got involved in the medical market? Yes. That's the reason you moved? Um, yeah, it was the main reason. I was like, I can cook anywhere. I mean, that's yeah. a trade that can, you can go anywhere and you can do that. So I thought worst case scenario was I come out here and I end up cooking out here. Mm-hmm. And I get rid of some really cold months out of the year and trade some snow for some rain. Um, it's a good trade. Right. I felt yeah. like it at the time. You know? <laughs> no, I think so. I think so. And uh, and was just ready for a change. I'd live there for most of my life within you know like a 60 70 square or you know circle mm-hmm. like a lot of people and was just and i had been to oregon several years prior and, and it, it left an impression on me so i was like man it wouldn't be so bad to go back there it's a it's a pretty neat place so yeah so we moved um and with prospects i had one person that i knew cool Yep. That's not yeah. That's one person. That's it. <laughs> I just always had been a hard worker. I wasn't I wasn't concerned with figuring something out because I'd always been able to do that in the past. So I was pretty confident if plan A didn't work that I'd figure out a plan B, C, D, whatever it took to where, okay, well, we're some something we'll be we'll be okay. I'll work I'll I'll fail my way to success or yeah. you know, die trying. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's uh but no, it's been it's been really good. I mean, there's been ups and downs and it was definitely a bit of a learning curve uh coming out here, but I mean, I was gosh, I mean, honestly from the first first run out here i I had success i mean it it wasn't my first rodeo you know i'd already been doing this for almost like 15 years at that point yeah so it most of that was outdoor i'd done a couple small indoor crops but uh yeah it's just i mean it's just growing plants so yeah it's just like anything else once you've cooked it's just like well you go to a different kitchen you can still cook so it was just kind of like that, but there was definitely a learning curve. Indoor is a lot more difficult than outdoor. Outdoor is so much more forgiving. It's nature. Anybody that wants to grow this plant should be able to put a plant outdoors and like almost easy. just water it. And as long as your genetics are good, you should come out with something that's pretty decent. Um, not to hurt anybody who's only an outdoor grower's feelings or opinion, but there's a lot higher skill level required because you have a lot more factors that you have to be in, in control of in mm-hmm. indoor growing than outdoor growing. So it's just more difficult. Mm-hmm. People want to argue better. They're going to have, that's a subjective thing. Yeah. Um, 
but like objectively it is more difficult to grow cannabis indoors than outdoors um so and i like the challenges and i'm a thinker i like puzzles so it's it's been fun and and been getting out here and, and as it's become more and more accepted there's been more and more information that's been uh made available mm. and you're able to communicate with other people and and just problem solve quicker yeah. problems that used to take a long time and get solved pretty quick now well speaking to that what was the growing community like when you first came out here grow shops other growers was it helpful hurtful hindering did it take a while to get to the no it took a minute to get used to <clears throat> because the medical system had been out here for I think about 15 years at that point. I think it was like 99 that it became yeah. legal. So a um, dozen years anyway, it'd been a while. And uh, so people are just used to being in the grow shops and, and just kind of talking like, but even out here, it's like, you could talk, but like, don't say the word, <laughs> you know? And um, you know, you're growing peppers, right? Yeah, uh, kind of thing. Tomatoes. But back in Wisconsin, there was like two like grow stores in the whole state that were kind of like cannabis centered. Yeah. Um, and like, I didn't even go to those because we drove down to Chicago to buy equipment. Cause we were so worried that you're going to attract. It's just probably youthful paranoia, you know, more than anything. I don't know if it was a rational fear, but the, the, the consequences were so great back there that, um, I don't know if it was an irrational fear. It was just like, yeah, I'd rather just go drive an extra couple hours to get this and just have this peace of mind maybe um, because what I'm doing will get me in trouble. I had a friend that got arrested with like a four-light closet grow that spent like years in jail, prison, not jail, prison. Um, he was in prison before I left. He got out since I've been out, but like really awesome dude. Had like a, gosh, what, 45, 50 square foot you know of of cannabis growing in his house and yeah it cost him years of his life it's insane it's in it's, wisconsin in wisconsin yeah how do you get caught um <clears throat> i suppose stupid stoner stuff moment is uh you know in wisconsin there's no medical so i'd hear people smell cannabis even before recreation was legal and you're just like that's probably a medical girl it was to that <laughs> point yeah um Back there, there's no reasonable reason to have anything that smells like cannabis. Gotcha. Prior to, at this point, because this is prior to hemp. Now, hemp kind of smells like, so that things are a little different there now. But uh, back then, yeah, there was nothing. So he had harvested and had a couple of pit bulls that were in his, that he let out in his fenced-in yard. And somebody called the police about dogs. And they smelled it. And then when they, yeah, then they smelled it and, you know, things went from there. It's a puritanical state, kind of. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's the devil's lettuce, like you said. It's can't be growing that in the dairy state. So bad. Right? And I, there is a movement there now. It's it's come quite a, a ways, but it's still, it's interesting how, um, how little progress has actually happened though. It would be great to see just even a medical bill pass there. Um, I think there's God, what is there? 15 States maybe that don't know. I mean, I think most States now have either medical or rec or both or something where it's It's, it's decriminalized in in most States. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, 
I hear people back there that are optimistic and pessimistic, and I don't know who to believe until I see a bill that <laughs> seems to get, you know, seems like here, seems so. like there's yeah, I don't know. There's just it's too bad. It's too bad for them back there. After living in a place where it's legal, it'd be really difficult to go live back in a place with such a a just a prohibition towards a person's right to choose i don't know if i use is that is that the wrong way to use that phrase it's a right to choose right to choose what to consume with their own body right yeah so yeah i don't know for all the things that are legal and perfectly fine with or the government's perfectly fine with us consuming (laughs) um it's just it's still shocking that cannabis isn't one of those things but i think that we're it's 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 on that's going to change relatively soon so being a medical grower back in the day and then recreational coming around, how did you feel about it as a grower and as a person who wished that he could see Wisconsin just be legal and not be such an asshole about cannabis? Yeah. Um, good question. I suppose it Trying. was just, well, you know, it's... So like when you have a hobby doing something like let's say you're a hobby level cook and you cook at home and you just cook things the way you normally cook them, um, you might not be doing things procedurally the way you would need to do in a restaurant for food sanitation, mm-hmm. safety, food handling practices, things like that. So the same thing ends up being kind of true for cannabis growing. You know, you end up going from something that was very private to something that suddenly you have cameras that have to be covering every square inch of the facility outside of the restrooms. And, uh, it's, it just, and then you have to have access to the a government entity that can like watch you work whenever they choose to. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that's like, this just still doesn't feel like legal. like i worked in a legal restaurant and like the government didn't have cameras into the restaurant to watch us work um i don't know it just seems you can't move that chicken to another state right charge eight times as much that's true that's true so that's probably just me but yeah i I don't know it just seemed it just seemed weird having the cameras and and knowing it's a profit deal it could be (laughs) it could be i think the government likes to say it's for other reasons but it's mostly money. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of life. Yeah, from what, <laughs> I, from what I've gathered, yes, I've yes. seen. But uh, yeah, no, it was fine. It's just learning how to do things in a way that you might not have had to do them before, especially with like the tracking and the tagging, and just obviously with regulation comes things you did weren't going to have to do before. So that was obvious. Um, but then just having to implement those new things and, and the expense of it all is really really expensive you're like man i never had to buy forty thousand dollars in cameras to grow this before you know i didn't have to yeah just you know do all kinds of things that that just added cost didn't have to take time to learn computer programs but that's part of entering a regulated marketplace and um so yeah i mean you just kind of got to do what you're told right yeah <laughs> it's, uh, pay the fees and um and then get back to work so that's kind of what I did. How was it working in the rec market besides those things? Was it nice to finally be like, oh, I'm, I'm out here doing it. Don't have to hide it. 
Yeah, it felt fine, but it's still not federally legal. So it's like everybody's still doing it here, still committing a crime every day, even under a rec license. You know, it's one of those, well, but it's not a state crime. <laughs> like, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's progress. Yeah. You know, but it's still a crime. Like, if, if, if a certain, if somebody with a certain shiny shoes wanted to make your life more difficult, they sure could. Um, you know, and they're just choosing not to right now. And I think that's good. I mean, I mean, I like the states racing. Let the states do what the states want to do. Um, but I mean, a lot of Oregon's legal uh, regulations and stuff like that were kind of forced down by the federal government, saying, "Oh, well, if you want to be legal, you got to do this, this, and this, and we'll leave you alone." So, is it states' rights with that? Or, I mean, I think it's just like anything else; it's an opportunity cost. So, you know, I think that if you're gonna participate in something like the United States and you're going to have state and federal governments interacting that, you know, there's a, a system of like, you got to play ball. So I think that as long as the federal government is willing to play ball, I think it's probably useful to, to try to play ball. And I don't think that they were unreasonable with what they asked. It'd be, it always, but when someone's asking for something, is it a reasonable uh, request or is it just ridiculous? And I don't think they were ridiculous. So I think that's good. They used to be ridiculous, but um, <laughs> we've made that progress at that level. I mean, they're still pretty ridiculous on a lot of other levels, but the, yeah, they've left Oregon specific on. When you say like what, what used to be ridiculous? Like, what was some of the more ridiculous things they used to do that they don't do anymore? I mean, to my understanding, like, they used to threaten to pull funding and things. They'll, they'll mess with, you know, how your uh, resources are allocated from federal to state government. Yeah. And I don't I don't know the specifics. We could we could probably find some, though. Um, no, just when people yeah. lean on them, it's just like when they pushed states to raise, you know, drinking. Wisconsin was one of the last states to raise the drinking ages from uh, 18 to 21. Mm-hmm. And they did that because the federal government threatened to withhold highway funding for building roads and stuff. <laughs> it's like, well, you can leave it however you want, but then you don't get the, well, you, it's a condition of getting the funding. So, you know, it's politics. Yeah, it's politics. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's right or wrong. I just want to find out what's reasonable. And I think so far they've been reasonable enough. But, um, you know, IRS tax code 280, I'm sure there's a lot of people that could have a nice talk with you about how that's unreasonable. <laughs> the government I would love still to hear to your that. version of yeah. why it, it, it hasn't affected me. It hasn't affected me as much as it has a, a lot of other people in the industry. So I don't know that I'm the right person to get into too You're much detail right with it. With oh, but I haven't thought about that. And in in it's been a minute, but yeah, it's just basically because it's a still technically a federally illegal business. It affects how you're able to, uh, or what, uh, write-offs you're able to do so um what normal businesses in the united states get to use as their um gross profits i think is what their taxable income is it's like gross sales is what play people are taxed off of so it's uh hmm. yeah they just pay a much much higher margin of their taxes and then they get penalized for paying the taxes in cash but then they won't let you have a bank account so you can't write a check. So it's kind of like a double standard at the time. I mean, we've got, I've gotten hit with tax penalties for paying my taxes in cash, but you can't, so they did get that. I haven't thought about that one in a minute. <laughs> so it, that lasted for my, we paid several penalties and then eventually, but then eventually they, someone ruled that that was not 
acceptable. Let's and, uh, and and we did get, I did get money back eventually. But I'm sure that wasn't just me that that was happening. No, to. no, they were like, hey, look, we can get yep. a little bit more if we do the little <laughs> thing. thing. Yeah. We can fuck them two ways. Yeah, but you also can't deduct normal business deductions, right? Right. So things. Well, it depends on which industry, and that's where I, I don't know how useful I'll be for this. But, yeah, the dispensary owners have it a lot harder than the farmers do. Gotcha. <laughs> I know that. So it depends on what you are. The retail sales people definitely, um, I believe the uh, dis, like the distributors, I think the distribution people get hit pretty hard on taxes. Worst, yeah. um, I don't know if the farms are supposed to get hit as hard or not. I um I, that's why I had a CPA. I've, we filed whatever. Yeah, I, I'm sure it was all right. It should have been. But, uh, it's been seven years. You know, so. it's been it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know how that one works. But uh, yeah, the the retail guys get hit hard. Yeah. So as a grower, are there historical landmarks that you can kind of hit with different seasons, like? I remember the season when we all first got russet mites and then the season where we all got root aphids or heard about root mm-hmm. aphids and stuff like that. Do you measure time based upon the seasons, the different things? Because mm-hmm. I'll occasionally walk into a grow shop and see a product I haven't seen for a while and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Sure. From that When sure. that was hot on the market, when the marketing was pushing that, like... Yeah, I mean, it's we live in a trendy world, and the cannabis industry is no different. There's trends just like any other industry. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, there's, you know, there's new products. Things will get hyped. You know, marketing's really good. I mean, I try to... Grow store guys are kind of like car salesmen, you know? They're... uh I've been called that. I mean, they are. And Mike, you know, I mean, Mike's one of my, I probably should have said that earlier when we were talking. No, Mike, Michael was very welcoming to me when I got into Eugene after about a year in. He was awesome. We just started talking. I wanted to learn about compost tea um, because it was kind of a newer thing in the cannabis market. And somebody said, I'm going to talk to Mike at Vital. So I said, okay, I'll go talk to Mike at Vital. And uh, we struck it up really good. And we became friends. I didn't know too many people at that point, so I just would go down to the grow shop and hang out. I was like, figured I could meet people that were yeah. like my people, you know, if my people are going to be here, you know, and uh, and it was a good place to be. Well, um, speaking to that, how do you feel Eugene itself is different than probably most places when it comes to the cannabis growers, you know? Like, do you feel like this is an epicenter? Do you feel like this is a place that thinks it's an epicenter or what's what's your thoughts about eugene i think a lot of very good world-class cannabis has grown i mean in and around eugene um you know a lot of people think that i mean people a lot of people have pride in things that are homemade you know it doesn't matter if you're a professional or if you're a hobbyist you grow a garden at home you give somebody something that you made whether that be a, a cannabis flower i mean you, you think that you did a good job on it um but there are actually people out here who really do that good a job on it. Yeah. And it's it's really cool. There's some very special, very highly talented people that risked a lot uh, and learned a lot. And now they're getting the opportunity to apply it 
uh, at a large scale. And there've been a lot of, there's been a learning curve for each and every one of those people. Um, <laughs> every one of them, it's been a humbling experience. I'm sure for not only myself, but just everybody that scaled up and went bigger and was like, yeah, we'll just do more. Right. And yeah. Right. It's a, uh, it's a little more complicated than that. But then once you get the system down and you get it working and flowing, it's just, it's, it's really cool. It's like, it's like music. It's just, it's, there's a rhythm to it. That's, that's really fun. And when you can hit the rhythm, um, it's almost, it, it's almost like it's easy. Yeah. It just flows. It's probably like if you're on stage, you know, when you're in a rhythm and in a flow and you yeah, you're and timing it, down and just everything's right. You're just like, I could, yeah, I can just, and then you put that crop out, and then you have to fucking start over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that's then it's the great. All weird. And well, stuff again. yeah. That's, that's my favorite part, though. It is a very fun part. <clears throat> yeah, it's not for people that don't handle stressful situations. You've got to be. It's your yeah. You're rolling the dice. You know, you you're not getting a weekly paycheck, or well, you know, maybe you are, or biweekly. I guess in the rec market a little bit more, but depending on how many crops a year you're able to do with your grow space, and and that's that could be some people crop every week because they have huge spaces. Some people yeah. crop every two weeks or once a month or whatever. Um, you have to be able to eat until that next harvest comes down. Um, so it hurts, you know, because the expenses don't change based on whether you had a good harvest or not your expenses are your expenses your bills are your bills um so yeah it, it affects people when you have a bad run yeah um it's not fun obviously just like if you were at work and your your hours were cut you know mm -hmm. it would it would be impactful except um, that your hours are cut but you still have to work well i think it's hours <laughs> right no you do and you still and you work you work these hours with no guarantee until you harvest and dry, you can even fuck it up after you harvest it and dry it <laughs> wrong and shit. It's like, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a delicate crop. It's a, uh, it, it requires a lot of focus and the environment's key throughout the whole grow process. And afterwards, you know, you can ruin it just by letting it get too hot. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, and air conditioners break in the middle of grows and you cook your room or if you don't have a high temp shut off. I mean, there's I've depending on what type of um, precautions you you want to take or decide to invest in. It's uh, you have to be willing to put two or three months of work into something and come away with nothing. Yeah. You know, and that can happen. I haven't, you know. Yeah, what's I, the, I know people that it has happened to. What's the worst thing you've ever walked into in your grow room where you just open up the door and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Air conditioner's off. Like, had I not gotten there when I did, I would have lost a, you know, a six-figure room. You know, it would have it would have been devastating. Um, and fortunately, they just, they must have, they broke. Well, I guess, you know, planning scheduling is what saved it because I planned <laughs> I planned the lights coming on around about when I was going to get there because when things are going to typically break is like when they get turned on and off, like yeah. start up. Um, so, yeah, it was just it was the winter time and I had uh, something that was up with my air conditioners that they didn't like turning on when the temperature was that cold. Um, it was just in the twenties here, which like never happens. <laughs> and, uh, so they were like froze up and my lights were still on. And, um, fortunately Cooking. I was able, yeah, I would have cooked them. I mean, it was like 99 degrees in there and it was, 
I mean, they could have gone a little hotter and been okay, but I mean, it's not ideal. <laughs> it had I had I gotten there forty five minutes later, hour later, you know, it, it stresses the plants. I mean, it's yeah, it would have been bad had had I not uh, gotten there. So that's 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 not what you want to see. I mean, you know, sometimes you leave the water running and you walk into <laughs> some ankle deep water and stuff. That's not always fun either. Um, I don't think you're an actual grower until you've flooded you've, your Yeah, room. God, you know, and that's that's kind of the like farm fails stuff. It, it's it's fun to see on social media. Sometimes people are humble enough to post some of their uh, whoopsies. Yeah, you know, and and that's funny because that's I honestly I think I mean that's more for the other growers than any of the people that are following their social media <laughs> as like just consumers. It's just like oh guys did it did it. Yeah, my grandpa you know, used to just leave his hose on filling up the trough and then you go in there and it's just flooded yeah oh <laughs> yeah cows and stuff but it was gross oh, it's one of those things that yeah i mean some people do it more often than others but like i mean it's just one of those things that's like an inevitability like you can be good for two years and then suddenly you're like son of a bitch you know I just did it and it's like how bad like i i just did it a few months ago i hadn't done it in it had been a couple of years <laughs> um <laughs> it's just, I didn't do it too bad, I, but yeah, it was. I've done much worse, but yeah, it's one of those things. Like, shit, oh, the feeling. So did Mike you, knows? Yeah, I, <laughs> I know the feeling. I did it uh, where I came in the next day, and I just pull up to the building, and there's just water pouring out from underneath the uh, doors. <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah. Oh yeah. So did you go from the medical market into the rec market? I did for a while, yeah, for a few mm-hmm. years. What what was that like? What was, was the thinking behind that choice? Were you like, I'm just going to go for it, I'm going to do it? Or because, you know, we've talked to people who are like, nah, fuck it, I'm not going to do the rec market, fuck that shit. Um, what I was, can understand why. I mean, especially with the way the tax setup is right now. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I wanted to. Yeah, I was just like, well, let's do it. You know, we were set up. We were, it was the, the rec store or farm I had was kind of small indoor, uh, set up. It was kind of on the small end. It was, it was big for medical with what you were allowed to do. But once you were able to do recreational, there were uh, much larger facilities people were doing. And, um, I was just just a small, small business, small farmer, just like, like there are Mm -hmm. in other farming, uh, types of, you know, whether you're a small peach farmer or corn (laughs) farmer or whatever, it's, uh. You know, and there's big ones, and I was a small one, uh, but it was fun. I I enjoyed the I enjoyed the process. Um, I always just like growing the plants. I, my the goal was so that I could just stay in the garden and focus on it. And I had a partner that was supposed to work on sales and marketing and be that end of it. And uh, he's very good at it. Um, he also had a few other businesses, and, and those really took off. And it took some attention away from our smaller venture together. Um, so then I ended up having to get into doing some more of the marketing and the FaceTime <laughs> and it's just like, man, I was a, a cook. I work, I, I like working with you few people. Of the house. I'm back of the house. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I mean, I like having conversations, but I just, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer not to be the salesman. There's, there's other places that I, I enjoy being more. So I got thrust into that end of it and I didn't particularly enjoy it, but I did it. I did it to the best of my ability. You're like, I just want to grow weed. I just want to, yeah, I just want to sit in the garden. There's just something that's really nice about it. Like, uh, for me, 
I should say. There's people that would absolutely hate what I what I do, what any other grower does. There's people <laughs> that couldn't be like it would be yeah, but it for us it it works. You just you're taking care of something, you're loving something, you're nurturing it. It's, you know, something that's useful to most people. It's generally beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um and I just thought it was a cool way that I could try to feed my family. Like that's all I was just like, well, cool. And I was proud of the the way I the type of cannabis I grow. I I grow organically. I produce clean cannabis. We're not spraying nasty pesticides and fungicides on them. Mm. Um, we're not growing with synthetic. I wasn't growing with synthetic, you know, nutrients. It's uh, I wanted more of that type of cannabis to be out there. Um, I think it's becoming more of that, but there is a huge segment of this industry that is synthetically grown cannabis. Um, but I would say it's probably not as much as our synthetically grown food mm-hmm. supply. So in that aspect, we're better. Um, but I don't know. For me, I just prefer organically grown cannabis. Um, I don't need the crutch of the um, growth, the hormones. synthetics and the hormones and EGRs. Um, yeah, I just and I just yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a personal belief. Uh, who's to say if I'm right or wrong or whatever? It's just my 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 choice. Yeah, you're, you're um, right for yourself though. That's yeah, right. for me that's what I and I and I yeah and I thought if I think it's good for me, of course I'm a, I I would hope I would think that would be good for others, and if others agree with me, then that's cool. And if not, and they you know want to buy something else, that's cool too. Mm. What that's do you their choice? Mm. What do you think um, the recreational market does as a disadvantage to the grower? Like, how do they put you in a position where you... <laughs> well, it's easy. You... It's not the record. Well, the market, yeah, I suppose. It's the regulations and the laws people vote for and, and enact. That's where, like, words mm-hmm. matter. Um, but the worst thing about it is what they did to the farmers. And I, I see the farmer's perspective, and I'll, I'll, I'll victimize the farmer first because that's <laughs> that's my tribe. Yeah. But in uh, the reality of it is, like, it just most farms are able to sell direct to consumer. And they didn't allow that in the cannabis uh, law. So you basically have had the dispensary owners, or, or not maybe owners, well, mostly owners, the people who do the intake for the dispensaries are often the owners, um, being like an overlord to the marketplace, to where if you can't get someone to put your product on their shelf, you don't have the legal option of trying to sell directly to the consumer. Oh, I see. And I think that's created a gate, some gatekeepers to the. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, why, you know, I had a uh, kid I grew up with whose family had a really successful you pick strawberry farm, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) I mean, what a great farm, man. Those strawberry farmers are fucking smart, man. They (laughs) here, I'll just plant it and then y'all can pick it. Yes. And I'll just take like a little bit less per pound. And there's no labor expenses. The clients pick the food. It's, great why can't i do that with my cannabis flowers mm-hmm. why you can't i it, you trim it yeah you, you could you could have lockers you could do all you could just yeah it would be such a cool thing and i think there's people why couldn't you have people that would want us to you know uh like a csa for food like i want two ounces a lot of year whatever's coming out of the garden every month oh, yeah. 
direct from the farmer. We can deliver it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I could do that with just about every other agricultural product, but just not cannabis. And, yeah, I, and I, I, I don't. I that's coffee from New Hampshire sometimes. Right. Yeah. And I don't think that's a not forever kind of thing. I think it's a not right now kind of thing. So unfortunately, for you know being the part of the. This is still the first wave of recreational cannabis. Um, there's growing pains, and it's too bad because some really talented people have definitely gone out of business just because of limited access to the marketplace, especially once some of the dispensaries started buying um, farms up mm. and then limiting shelf space to farmers because there's only so much shelf space, and I get it if you're going to produce your own. I, I understand from that person's business yeah. perspective, but from the other guy's perspective, he's like, wait a minute, there's only 450 shops or what odd uh, that I can't even put my product into. Yeah. And some of them, those shops are owned by like eight companies. There's probably half of those shops are owned by. So uh, at least a third. And uh, so, yeah, there's just, it, there's limited access to the marketplace for, for the flower guys. Um, especially the outdoor ones I feel for those guys because you can't them. set up a stand on yeah. the side of Mm-mm. in front of your nope. farm and be like or tasting room like a vineyard does uh-huh. you know not not another thing like that and it's just too bad um so yeah that 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 that's probably the worst thing that I came across in my time in the rec- recreational industry was just the and that not just the farmers I mean I think that the I mean, if you've passed the test and you've passed the your pesticide test, you got all the screenings done. You have a marketable product as long as it's in a container the state allows you to it to be sold in. I think that you should be able to sell that to the customer as long as you you're tracking the sale, right? Because this whole rec market's about tracking. Everything's about tracking. We gotta tag it. We gotta sell tags. We gotta sell more tags, guys. We need, <laughs> if we couldn't sell more tags, this market's gonna collapse. It's just the there's so much waste. Yeah. You can't reuse these things that could be perfectly recoded. It's there's a I don't know, man. Whoever the tag company's lobbyist was was a good one. That's, you ever want to get something maybe done? You go the, maybe track that guy down because he gets shit done. Or her. I told you it was a good interview. I told you guys. I never lie when they're... I tell you what it's going to be. Uh, Mike. Yeah. Let's just... Yeah, that is the perfect... <laughs> that is... It's the perfect response after Elliot's interview where you're just like, Yeah, man. I'm, yeah. I'm a little... I'm, I've got all the information and more than I ever asked for. So I'm gonna, That's my buddy. We go bowling and it's still like that. I bet it is. Uh, I bet you know a lot about the history of bowling. Uh, I love him. I'm making fun of him, but I love him. I think he's great. Uh, but is there anything you want to plug? I just go and check out King's Cannabis on the Instagrams. Um, check out my Instagram and Twitter. No, don't say it. Don't just instead of you saying any of it, just go on the info part you can click on mike's name on the info part of the podcast 
from whatever device you can see it'll say Billy Wayne and Mike and click on that instead of Mike saying the nonsense that he was about to say uh, but I really like the one part ah stop it it's stop it's too much you're just gonna confuse people and they don't they're not gonna go um just click on the thing uh, also uh, email us at uh, grownlocalpod at gmail if you have any more questions or hit us up on Instagram uh favorite and like it or whatever just review it spread it if you like it uh also i have t-shirts available they're on my instagram you can find my instagram on the thing too and then they'll be on the bio thing and then all the stuff you want to buy from me is there it's the easiest way to do it uh so but we really appreciate you guys for like there's been a better response than we ever because we haven't really told anybody about it Mm -mm. so we just i'm blown away blown away by how much you guys like this so keep telling people about it we'll keep making it better every week and we may go back and make some episodes better that we already put out not like anything (laughs) noticeable but just more like when people find it they're not going to be like it says on mondays that y'all do a thing and you're just like just look on the rest of life just stop it uh but yeah just follow us and do all that stuff and then tell people about it and if you have any questions reach out we like talking to you guys about it thanks for listening next week oh next week we've got uh he was with adam during the first episode but we asked him back and it's a, it may be the my favorite episode we've done uh so good so it's good. his stories i mean i immediately were like was like when we got done i was like we need to ask him back i don't know how we're gonna make another episode just of him but he he left me with a lot of questions uh, and we'll answer them one day. That's very true. All right. I love, <laughs> love you guys. You guys. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Lee. Peace.